Hi, this is Jim Anderson with Psalm Tree Consulting coming to you with a biblically focused business podcast and uh, talking more about our uh, our ethics and uh, having the ability to do what is right. If we know what's right, can we do it? And uh, there's some more passages here that um, that might might shed some light on this. Um, you know, C.S. Lewis said that the mind can only govern the heart through the chest. And this was meant that, you know, once moral convictions have been learned and have been internalized, these convictions um, can use good judgment and sound reason to control our passions. So, um, What's the idea of our conscience here? Our conscience, I think this is what what um, Lewis, C.S. Lewis was um, referring to when he wrote about the chest um, and our heart. Um, it's our conscience. So, you know, there are some passages that um, we might explore around this. And um, let's see, the first one here that I would talk, um, I'll mention is in 1 Timothy, uh, the first chapter, verse 5. And it says, the goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. So what is that? Um, You know, the intention intended result of Paul instructing Timothy was love um, and the purest kind of love. So it's love that pours naturally from a cleansed heart um, and un, you know, an uncorrupted conscience um, and a sincere faith. And if, it's, you know, if your faith is sincere, it's an unhypocritical type of faith. Um, and each of these three are expressing, you know, a form of purity and integrity that produces the most, uh, the best kind of, of selfless love. And that's what's seen in God's love. And, you know, where there were false teachers that are motivated by, um, you know, curiosity and, uh, Paul was trying to promote the most magnificent of all the virtues by maintaining purity in the teaching, in Timothy's teaching. And, you know, if you're speaking God's truth, it always purifies the, 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 the human spirit. And, uh, and that's why, you know, as we have our minds corrupted and our our hearts and our conscience are also corrupted by that. Um, so in, in another passage here, uh, let's see, that would be Hebrews 10.22. It says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full of assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us 
from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. So, what are we saying here? Well, in context, in the context of this, which I think you know really starts in verse nineteen, um, the what's being said here um, is that it's it begins with God's word. Um, it, it that we should have confidence. In, in God's word and to come to, into the very presence of God's word. Um, God's presence is in the holy place and behind the curtain, since that was the barrier that man had. Um, that barrier is no longer there with Christ. And it, it symbolized Christ's body. So the the writer the writer may ha- have had in mind here that uh, the temple curtain at the time of Christ's death and any rate at any rate his death gave believers the needed access that they need you know to get to God. That that's why the curtain was torn when Christ died. And um, so we have this call to, to, to draw near to God and since we have this great priest over the house of God now. And with, with all that entails in the light of, of uh, you know, what he's talking about here. So approaching believers... You know their 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 approach to God should be in full assurance of faith, as it as it says in the in the scripture that there ought to be no wavering in regard to the realities. Um, you know the a new covenant worshiper should approach God in the conscience conscious enjoyment of being free of guilt. And a sense of personal holiness that that because Christ has made that possible, having our bodies washed with pure water, you know, he his sacrifice washed our bodies with pure water. That's kind of the symbolism in here, and the you know so the writer here is it, this is probably an exhortation to lay hold consciously to how Christ has cleansed us and uh, that we can draw near to God as a result of that. So let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, as it says in this scripture. So another passage here would be 1 Corinthians 8, 7. And let's see, that says, but not everyone possesses this knowledge for some are still, still so accustomed to idols that they, that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a God 
And since their conscience is weak, it's defiled. So in uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 7 here, you know, what are we, what is it, what is that saying? If all the, the Corinthian Christians could have agreed that an idol was nothing, and that there was only one God, then they would have, they, they might have eaten the idol meat with impunity. However, that wasn't the case because they didn't have the knowledge. The conscience of Christians is, you know, was not strengthened on this truth. Um, you know, that, that we're still ignorant that, that, uh, you know, that at this point they, they were not, they hadn't come to the point where, where they could accept eating this kind of meat as a matter of indifference because to them it was wrong. And so to eat it was sin. And Paul denied the validity of that, that virtue. <laughs> but the advice which followed, he suggested that the solution would be found in love not in knowledge. Think about that for a while. <laughs> not everyone possesses this knowledge, but some people are still accustomed to idols. When they eat sacrificial food, they think it is of it as having been sacrificed to a God, but yet it's defiled because their conscience is weak. So, what kind of idols do we have in our lives that, that we think we need to sacrifice to, to be good, to be accepted? Um, are we, you know, have we been misinformed? There's another passage here. Um that um, that we'll talk about, which is Timothy, you know, 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2. It says that the Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon their faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared with a hot iron. Well, um, this is this is an interesting, interesting passage because you can almost see how how this is uh, found in today's world. Um, you know, we have people with their consciences have have been mistrained because we're not teaching. We're not teaching these things to our children. The you know the virtue of right and wrong. We're not teaching them God's God's uh, um, laws, and and they're they're being they're being taught deceptive ideas, and they're they're holding to those moralities, 
And, and, you know, you can probably think of a number of things that are becoming really hot political issues where people are saying right is wrong and wrong is right. And this is, this is, um, you know, I think kind of the, the thing that, that, that we might get out of this, but in this passage, um, this is uh, in in First Timothy four, verses one and two. Um, the church is supposed to be a place that guards the truth, and we have to be aware of the strategies of our enemies. It's crucial for us to understand that what God revealed about those enemies. You know the. The, the Spirit says that Paul is not necessarily referring to any particular revelation, but to the repeating teaching of the Lord, the other apostles, and Paul himself. According to this teaching, the situation is going to degenerate as Christ's return approaches. And in these later times, um, there will be people that abandon their faith. And are we seeing that today? Because they're going to follow after false teaching. And this spiritual error is not because, it's, it's not really because of in, the innocent mistakes. It's because of conscious strategies of God's spiritual enemies. The teachings of demons they're false doctrines taught by, by uh, people who are in error, whose views are instigated by, by evil. And uh, God's spiritual enemies don't directly confront their victims with their error. Instead, they work through liars. They, you know, it's Satan's standard operating procedure. He selects representatives and and renders their consciences beyond feeling. They're seared, as with a hot iron, as it says. And in this condition, they're ready to, to do what Satan tells them to do because they can't see that it's wrong. So that was a lot this time, but I think that, that it makes the point that we need to think about in terms of um, the way that we make our ethical choices and decisions, recognizing what it is that we're up against and recognizing the situation in the world today. And with that, we'll talk to you next time. God bless.